How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV Podcast. Three TV obsessives talking about the uh, TV of the week. Your obsessive this week are myself, Luke, editor and runner extraordinaire of the website. You hopefully got this through, thecustardtv.com. Joined, as always, by my faithful, empty-life companion, Matt Donnelly. Hello. And my quite busy, hard-to-pin-down... Sarah Kennedy's here as well. Good afternoon. Since we invited Sarah to be a more regular member of the podcast, she has had the busiest life I think anyone's put me to shame. I've been doing stuff as well, but nothing on the level. You've been falling over in soft play areas, to be fair to you. That's what, that's my Olympics. <laughs> I love it. That's my Commonwealth Games. And injuring yourself. Yes. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, really busy, really, really good. Loads of cool things happening to me, which is nice for a widow. <laughs> Always nice to You're have. You're not a widow, time. are you? You never talk about it. <laughs> I know, you I know, never mentioned it. <laughs> hey, you've got to represent because there's yeah. so few of us. Yeah, I used to be your most um, reliable, most available co-host, and now also feeling quite low because I got statistics from the podcast emailed to me every. Sunday, oh. and we're recording on a Sunday. We've gone down in India. We're oh, down no. 11 in India. Maybe they just don't like the House of Dragon or Lord of the Rings. I'm hoping it's that, but hopefully now I'm back on. And we're, we're minus six in Canada, so you know, we've really got to pull it out of the bag this week. What's that about? What is that <laughs> okay, about? That's, that's now another minus six. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> they tuned in I'm trying to to our Canadian listeners. <laughs> Ice hockey and mooses. There you go. <laughs> Moose eye, I think they're called, aren't they? Moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> that could be your intro every week. Oh, TV. This could be a podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. This week we are discussing Trapped Series 3, which has been rebranded as Untrapped on Netflix. <laughs> I don't understand why, but it has. It is the third series of the Icelandic crime drama that we first discovered a few years back on BBC4. They have bought the third series that aired on DK, I think, in Iceland, and it's just being shown on Netflix. And then we've got Mike, which is a Hulu show on Disney Plus via Star. It's the sort of semi-autobiographical uh, story of the boxer Mike Tyson. 
And finally, we have Wedding Season, which is a Hulu original and branded as the first UK-made Disney Plus original over here. And then we're going to talk about who our picks are for this Sunday's Emmys. And just like we did with the BAFTAs, get it all wrong and it'd be all irrelevant by the time the podcast goes out. That's what we do every year with these award things. And we're always so sure and then it doesn't go Irrelevant on. is the, I believe, the category we are in on, on Apple yes. Podcasts. Yes, it's irreverent and irrelevant at the same time. So we're going to start with Untrapped. Which is, uh, as I said, the. Are you Ice- trying to give it an Icelandic pronunciation? Because yes, that's not yes. working. That's not You're thinking like on God, on God, on God. Yeah. Or... There's an umlaut or something going on there that yes. is not actually in the title. Was, it, was this like a Netflix's rebranded as yes. this, or was this? Yes. So it was still like the, what the, Bor- the Borgen wasn't Borgen Power and Glory in mm. Denmark. But it was just rebranded that by Netflix for some reason. So, also, the weird thing is when they bought the fourth series of Borgen. They also bought the first three series of Borgen prior so that people could catch up. This is just there as it, on its own on like a, a, a raft alone at Netflix C. So they haven't got the other two series of Trapped, just this Untrapped, which is strange. Sarah, do you want to set it up for us? I think it arrived with very little fanfare on Netflix. Given that it's linked but not linked but sort of has a silly name but sort of has a, you know, slightly different to normal name... I'm do people confused. Know, <laughs> do people even know where to look for it? Because I really no. love Trapped, but no. I did not know to look for it on Netflix. No, no which is a shame. Back in Iceland, um, and we meet a guy who's a, a hothead. His name is Ivar, um, and he is killed in his uh, cave-like shag pad. Is the only thing that I could possibly describe it as. I forgot um, what it was like having you on. Matt <laughs> never sets up a show like that. I was going to say colourful, watch the numbers you, rocket in India. You didn't hear some of the stuff that was edited out of last week's Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> thank God, and thank God that you kept that between yourselves and God. <laughs> um, Ivar is part of this cult called The Family. He seems a very angry man for someone who's in a hippie cult. We assume that he is killed by rival biker gangs. I mean, this is just beyond incredulous. Like, how on earth are biker gangs in a beef with a with a hippie cult? It's it's mad in Iceland, is basically what I'm saying. So this lad gets his head smashed in by someone who we don't see. And it turns out that the biker gang and the uh, family have a history. Um, there's a land dispute going on between them. Um, it does get quite complicated for characters quite quickly. Andre's back. Hooray. We love Andre. With his ex-father-in-law in tow, who he arrested in series two. Um, and he's released from prison after five years. Um, he's in Reykjavik after his divorce and he's still working there in forensics. And they have this rather sweet, odd couple vibe between them. Um, Andre's out, but they pulled him back in. And he, of course, obviously has history with Ivar, the dead guy. Um, he falsely accused him of murder and like beat him up. I never saw that in Andre before. You know, that character trait is really coming out now. They're kind of trying to make him into a bad cop, I think. So they were searching for a girl called Lena, who they never found. Andre blames himself. Everyone blames him too. And Trousty's back and he, you know, lives to blame Andre for everything. So the dynamic is there. Hinrik is back, so that's marvellous. We love her too. Um, But of course, you know, they have to spend some time at at a grave because their colleague was killed in the line of action um, in the second episode, second series rather. It's going to get big. The biker gang calls in for reinforcements. Bad lads from Denmark arrive en masse. And I think 
from the back of their jacket they're called like the horns club or something <laughs> it's quite sweet reminds me of like goats and highland cattle <laughs> Um, I don't they think are... that's quite what they're going for image-wise. I don't think so either, but, no. but I, I have a trouble with this biker gang because they are the cleanest, least tattooed, most fragrant-looking biker gang that I've ever seen in my life. No one's really committed here. <laughs> and they were quite compliant with the police as well. Exactly. I, maybe that's it. Maybe just in Scandinavian countries, they're just generally more polite. I've actually watched on a couple of episodes and we just get more cast. It's too confusing. It hasn't enticed me in the way that, that Series 1 certainly did and to an extent Series 2 did as well. Um, I'm finding it a little bit lacklustre and that is um, a disappointment. And yeah, it's strange. We, we see Andre in a new light in a couple of um, you know parts of the show that, and I don't like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was always... He wasn't a one-dimensional character, but he was always definitely on the side of good, you know, and and calm. And that's what we, yes, exactly. That's what we liked about him. But it's he seems to have changed, and they seem they're trying to weave that change through, as if it was always there because of him being shown to beat someone up in custody years before. I have to agree. I've only watched the first one, but if this was the first episode of a new crime drama I hadn't seen before. I would be writing it off as generic, seen it all before, bit slow, bit confusing, bit convoluted. And I was wrong about Borgen. I watched all of Borgen Series 4, um, which I sort of slated slightly on uh, on the podcast when we had Sarah on last. And I was wrong about that. It was brilliant and it was deserving of its of its spot and it did everything well and it just advanced the story and told you what the characters were up to and it put it into a 2022 space this i have felt no compulsion despite the old the the netflix thing of watch the next one right now i've had the time sat in front of the tv and at no point ever gone let's see what happens in episode two of trapped because i just found it really boring and i think you're right they've changed the character into this gruff aggressive cop which he never was i like the dynamic between the three of them, it was sort of calming and relaxed and methodical, and that's all gone away. It makes it more generic, the fact that he's left the unit and has had to be dragged back in and they don't work together and the boss doesn't want him there because he's going to mess everything up, and that just feels messy. I'm not too bothered about biker gangs or by cults. So, yeah, I don't think I'm no, going to bother really? with it. No, you know, you know, I've got a few things I'm not bothered by, and those happen to have be. They tra- a... Have they both tried to recruit you recently? You said no, I'm not bothered. Yeah. I would rather be in a cult than a biker gang. I think you're less likely to be injured in a cult. But it just happens to be that the two plots aren't that interesting. The, the police procedure aren't that interesting. And I know this is an odd criticism, but I looked, and there are only six episodes. So I'm sort of thinking that's the least episodes of Traps so far it's not got much of time to tell a really engrossing deep story in six really they're only 40 minutes long mm. yeah I, I didn't feel connected to it at all it was almost like watching a brand new show that I would had written off really it's a shame I didn't want to feel like that I've been looking forward to it since it was announced that Netflix had bought it this is the third and final yeah it just feels a bit of a missed opportunity for me yeah, I mean, I agree with Sarah that this has come out of nowhere, and I think Luke, we've said that before, haven't we, as well? Because I yeah. knew it was coming, but when mm. was a complete mystery. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you to an extent that the, the character here has changed, but 
I don't know if it is a level of sort of evolution of the character that it's the effects of what's happened in the first two series, and this is what he's become now. You know, as you said, that they, they lost a colleague in series two. You know, he's had to arrest his. I believe the father-in-law was series one, wasn't it? He Am did, I right? Yeah, I meant I to look remember. it up. I didn't. <laughs> That was the one where they were all trapped in series one because oh, of the ferry. One, yeah, one. Um, I can't really remember what was series two. Was that all with the farmers and stuff? That series was two, the far- I remember somebody series two had that opening where they burned a politician alive. Yeah. Somebody died is... in a shed. That was really horrible. Mm. I re- vividly remember that. <laughs> but it was spoiled by teenage daughter gate a little bit because oh, he had yeah. his teenage daughter living with him, and she was your stereotypical teenage daughter. Was getting up to but a lot. It reminds me a little bit of the Nicola Walker's character in Unforgotten Series Three. Mm. If you remember, she was really impacted. She took like some of it really, really poorly, and she wasn't acting like she had been previously. And I think that is good to see like that continuity between the series. And you see the aggressive Andre back in 2014 as well, which was a surprise because, as you say, when we met him in the first series he was this sort of jovial very measured figure this might be what they're saying is this was his character to begin with that we never Mm. saw but then that is having an impact on us because that isn't the andre that we fell in love with and and we followed in the series Uh, we get to find out that this missing girl lena is the reason why he was moved out into the sticks in the first place he had to leave Reykjavik under a cloud and had to go out and become this small town policeman and that's how that's where and how we met him Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. And I think the impact on his, as you said, Luke, with the teenage daughter, you know, the impact that his policing's had on his family, that's left him ostracised. You know, I suppose he is living in Reykjavik now, isn't he? So, but when he comes back to town, he's got nowhere to stay and... As Sarah said, you know, he's sleeping on the sofa, his ex-father-in-law's, is it like a retirement village? Yeah. What I liked about it is what I liked before, you know, it's the scenery, the music is very strong, the chemistry between the actors who play Andre and Enrica when you see those two together for the first time. I liked catching up with her as well, but you, you bet you are right, it just doesn't have the same impact. I wonder if that's partially because of the runtime and the the lack of episodes it all feels a bit rushed i don't know perhaps that's it but i didn't mind it but i didn't love it and it didn't grab me as much as the first two uh series of trapped have i think we're all in agreement about that it's such a shame as well because i i don't like you know me i'm never down on shows i always try no, to find no. the positive no. always try and yeah, find the positive, the positive. 
always <laughs> trying to find the positive. Uh, but in, on this occasion, definitely was trying to find the positive. And it would be so easy with Netflix just to sit there and watch more. I just had no real desire for it. It's so strange. Yeah, it just felt like an entirely different character. And I know you're you're sort of filling in the gaps, but I'd rather the show did that better than mm-hmm. you. Untrapped, the, um, the Icelandic show that we all loved uh, a few years ago on BBC4, is now on Netflix, but just that third series, and uh, all six episodes are there, as is, as is uh, Netflix's. Uh, and I don't know if any of you saw um, recently that Netflix have decided, yeah, first two series are on Prime Video, if you want to watch them. They're not on Netflix, they're on Prime Video, which is Amazon's video service. Uh, yeah, my top tip is, watch those instead. <laughs> um, Netflix have, just, have announced this this week that they are going to start rolling out things weekly rather than the binge model. I don't know how that will go. I don't know who else does that. Has that ever been done before? Uh, we shall see. So, are you uh, being sarcastic? Yes. I can't. I can't I? tell off the time. <laughs> or am I? But do you uh, think so that, that's that's an influence of the? Because all the other streamers are doing that now, aren't they? Mm. We've said this loads of times. It's also to be part of the conversation a bit more. Because things like this drop, you either know they're there or you don't, and then they move on to the next thing, which they hope will catch fire and doesn't and gets active. So then do you think the BBC will now go back to doing that? Oh, after having God knows, they're, they're convoluted. <laughs> I'm just annoyed by things being everywhere, and, and the very mm. fact that we don't know that Trapped Series 3 was on Netflix, and if we didn't do this podcast, I would have no idea. I would have no idea, unless you ha- ran the, re- the website as well, you, you know, and you had people telling you what was coming. I don't think there was any promotion. I knew about, but I think we would have known about Borgen, but not about yeah. Trapped. Mm. Good reason to get your eyes on TheCustardTV.com. Mike is on uh, Disney Plus under the Star brand and on Hulu. This is the life story of the boxer Mike Tyson. It's interesting because the last time we discussed a show like this, it was the three of us again, and it was Pam and Tommy, which Pamela Anderson had not agreed to be uh, shown and written about and discussed. And the same thing has happened with this. Mike Tyson's not given his blessing for this and has tried to stop it and rail against it and doesn't agree with it and is going to try and write his own thing. The other connection is that Craig Gillespie, who was the director of I, Tonya, executive producer on both, I believe he directed the first two Pam and Tommies, and the creator of Mike is the screenwriter of I, Tonya, and Margot Robbie is also an executive producer on this, so there you go. Fact fans. Fact fans are rejoicing at the very news of facts being given and four episodes up there at the moment it begins with the only thing most people know for certain about mike tyson is that he bit the ear of evander holyfield it goes into that fight it shows the vicious bite but then he says no we're not going to start here we're going to go way back to the beginning and he's giving a talk in sort of a ted talks type situation and it goes back to his formative years with an abusive father and being brought up by a single mother in the end with with young siblings he is very withdrawn gets bullied a lot due to his speech impediment he finds uh, joy in looking after pigeons but is bullied even more because that's an odd thing to do and then when somebody kills one of his pigeons he uh, snaps and is actually a really dangerous fighter and 
nearly beats this this teenager half to death he then channels that into boxing and it it goes the direction you would expect really there's not a lot of setup needed because it's the life of mike tyson i think all of the young actors playing mike at various times of their life are pretty damn good really i mean i don't know a lot about mike tyson but travante rhodes who plays him giving this talk sounds remarkably like him it's it's not a Mickey take performance. It is as if you're watching the Mike Tyson you might know from, from the media and things. It was a well-done, well-paced, well-acted piece of television, which, again, I could have watched more of, and I just don't have the interest in Mike Tyson or the boxing world or where this is going to go. I think also the difficulty here is, to a degree you could say this about Pam and Tommy, is Mike Tyson, due to his outlandish behaviour and the way he speaks and the speech impediment. He's quite a cartoonish character in real life. So it's it was really hard for me to have a degree of empathy with him. And I don't really care that much about boxing. And I think you have to, to want to go on the journey with him. Yeah, I largely agree with you here. I did enjoy the performances. Um, I especially liked his mum, what we saw of her, Lorna May. But I found the whole thing was just too fast. It yeah. was literally telling his whole young childhood, his whole complicated childhood in 10 minutes. I checked the time. I couldn't believe there was this much information in the first 10 minutes. It jumps around in time. It's confusing. Essentially, there's two narrators because halfway through, suddenly the child actor is breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience, mm -hmm. as well as Mike Tyson in the theatre, you know, giving his talk. I just found it very confusing. And then we get tiny little fantasy wish fulfillment moments like him hitting Don King square in the face at their first meeting, which is something that he wished he'd done. Cause I think mm. he turns to camera afterwards and goes, if only. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if this style has been chosen because his life was so chaotic and because famously, you know, he's manic depressive and he's got loads of emotional and mental problems himself. You know, maybe maybe we're plunged into that confusing world as a choice. I don't know. Either that or it was just too much information in one go. Yeah, it, be um, it behaved like it didn't have as many episodes as it does. Yeah, it was, um, it was at a pace. It was rushing through. And I would um, say that, yes, there's a element to the man that is cartoonish but I find like Pam and Tommy Tommy especially he's another person that's very difficult to empathize with mm. not just because of his public profile but because of what he's actually done to other people in his life as well as the violence when he was younger burgling you know whatever else he got up to which we see a large part of he is a convicted rapist he mm -hmm. was in prison that conviction mm. stands it's very difficult to empathize with someone like that and I think it is good that they're showing you know his terrible upbringing of course it's gonna you know shape a man but I don't know whether my sympathy extends as far as maybe it should I know we disagreed on Pam and Tommy but for me watching that it certainly made me view Pamela Anderson in a different way mm. and I don't think that this episode made me view Tyson in any other way as the guy already knew i don't think that. i knew his childhood was as bad i mean mm. it, you know it doesn't take a genius to work out that maybe he came from an abusive household but the stuff no. that his mum had to go through and the fact that they were essentially homeless and she was bringing up three kids and 
he was illiterate and she was forced into sex work and he dropped out of school. You know, that's a lot to cope with. And that was but only all you've just end. said was in 10 minutes, wasn't it? Rather yeah. than you could have withstood the whole episode. And I probably knowing my penchant for kitchen sink stuff would have probably been more drawn in by that, even though I yeah, knew later I might, down the line. I might have had I might have had a bit more empathy, I suppose, if, if they talked about that in more detail. But I guess because it it will not pin itself down to a timeline. It's going to jump around all the time, isn't it? Mm. I mean, having seen some of episode two, it does calm down a little bit. It is more linear in that it follows his early boxing career. As you saw, Harvey Keitel came into it towards the end of the episode as his his first trainer. And, and it's sort of about their relationship. He takes him into his household his mum is very sceptical of the Harvey Keitel character saying, you know, if he fails, you're just going to bring him back to me. It gets more interesting, but that first episode was so chaotic and anarchic. And I don't, I, I was going to say the exact same thing, Sarah, that about how much we can empathise with Mike Tyson knowing what we know about him and actually how they're going to handle this. And I think this sort of style work for Pam and Tommy because that was a you know a larger than life story that they, they centered it around that story mm. of the leaked videotape mm. and and that style worked for those characters similarly to how it worked for the Tonya Harding story as well with I Tonya because that's sort of very similar to this the, the framing device is this 2017 talk that he's doing this like it's almost like an audience with isn't it it's like an yeah i I, I didn't see any celebrities in the audience though no but it it did look like a sort of speaking tour like maybe like (laughs) someone do like a book tour or something Uh, and it worked as a framing device but then as you say halfway through he starts speaking to camera as well and it's like well pick one Mm. it felt a bit like and i know neither of you watched this winning time the um, LA Lakers series that we watched earlier in the year that had about three or four different characters breaking the fourth wall and I was like we'll just pick one to break the fourth wall but they they were all doing it and it it had just this anarchic tone that I just didn't feel suited this story which was quite as you said Luke kitchen sink and actually possibly needed a more traditional telling but again, I don't know if that would have worked or if that would have just been a bit too dull. But I agree with you that the central performance, Travante Rhodes, who was in Moonlight, I believe, I thought was absolutely brilliant. And it is a hard thing to do because we all know Mike Tyson. It's someone we all have an image of. And he did try, and I think he did succeed in getting some empathy, even though we had to believe that when he starts playing the character, he's 40, <laughs> which was yeah. just like, Hang on a minute. But actually, they do make a joke out of that, that they try and sign him up for boxing fights and say, because legally he can't be 14 and box, he has to be 18. So Harvey Keitel's like junior goes around and say he's 14 and they say, no, he's not. No, he's not. You're lying to us. And so, okay, he's 18 and they let him in the fights. But it was all right. But again, I don't know if it's anything that's going to particularly stick with me or no. make me want to continue. Uh, but I, what I would say to your point, Luke, was that the first episode of Pam and Tommy was all about Seth Rogen. So actually you wouldn't, yes, <laughs> you no, wouldn't I, empathize I agree. with Pamela Anderson at all. You made us yeah. watch three episodes of that. I know. I remember. Thank you. And you did. <laughs> and I. that's why I like you as human beings. 
Uh, Mike is <laughs> eight episodes and... Uh, I, I don't know if you're being sarcastic. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike is on Disney Plus now and will drop its final four episodes um, on a Wednesday, I think. That is their day of dropping. So. Finally, staying on Disney Plus, a show that is hard to pin down. Is it an English show? Is it an American show? Does it even matter? It's a show on a streaming service. It's called Wedding Season, and Matt's going to talk about it. So essentially how I would describe this is a millennial four weddings and a funeral if the funeral was most of the top table at the last wedding. <laughs> Brilliant. It's um, about this guy, Stefan Bridges. He's a young doctor. I think it's all set in... Is it... In Scotland, are we in like Edinburgh or somewhere? No, Manchester, and then oh, okay. moves to Scotland. Okay, so we we're in Man. Yeah, because it it was very sort of generic. I don't think it gave yeah. me a sense of place really. But no, the I, Americans don't care. It's just an English city. Yeah, <laughs> I just know they because they go up to Scotland anyway. So Stefan Bridges, he's a young doctor. We see him initially interrupt the wedding of a, an American woman called Katie. She is getting married to. Hugo Delaney, he is very upper class member of this almost like aristocracy family. He tries to stop the wedding. She completely shoots him down. He then goes back to his flat and he's being comforted by his friend Anil saying, you know, things can't get any worse. And suddenly a um, police armed unit come into his flat, arrest him. He then tells the tale of how he first met Katie at the wedding of one of his friend's sisters. This is after he um, proposes to his girlfriend and is rejected and they split up. He also, at this wedding, performs an emergency tracheotomy. And then we learn at the end that the reason that the police have arrested him is that the um, all Hugo's family had been poisoned at the wedding uh, Katie had absconded, clearing their joint bank account. At the end of the first episode, she uh, breaks into the police station, sets off, off an alarm, convinces him to go off with her to find out who actually killed the wedding party. Uh, Luke, I'll go to you first because this started with a lovely Luke special just for you. I know, it was good to be Although back. it does jump around back and forth, it wasn't just the one... You know, and then it stopped doing flashbacks, and it does that in episode two as well, which I have seen. Why? What? <laughs> why have I watched episode two? Yeah. Why does it do? No, well, yeah, well, both, but why have you watched episode two? <laughs> Mainly because I watched it on Thursday night and there wasn't anything else on. <laughs> okay. okay. Desperate times. Desperate. Yeah, but you've got I the it rest with my mum and I said, Do you want to watch another one? And she said, Yes. That's basically the oh. reason. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Did you just both just watch one then, guys? Uh, no. How many have you watched, Sarah? I watched two. There you Why, go, Sarah? You Why, Sarah? Why, <laughs> Sarah? Were you also watching well, it on Thursday night? you sounded then after he completely had a go at me. I know that I was keeping it quiet until I was okay. asked directly. We'll go. <laughs> I we'll know go. Something to be ashamed of. We'll go, go to, to you si- Okay. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> this is why, okay, this is why I'm not on the podcast a lot, because I don't know how to give my opinion on the sort of middle of the road, twitch your brain off, don't ask too many questions, but I struggle to have an opinion on them. 
when it started, obviously it did the Luke special, which is now just something every show does, so it's not even a Luke special anymore. All the shows <laughs> this week did it. The, a Luke special should be now. What, a Luke special should be a show now, but doesn't do it. And what I wish we'd done <laughs> at the very start of the podcast, when we when these things started happening, was make a note of every show that had ever done it, because I think it, it would be in the hundreds at this point. Ignoring all that, it didn't do a very good job of setting up the world very well. It didn't do a very good job of setting up the characters. The comedy wasn't very funny. The dynamics between them didn't really didn't really gel for me that well. Yeah, it was it was just phone middle of the road. It was like it was trying to be Killing Eve, but it didn't really have the style or the substance for that, and the characters weren't as well drawn as as those there. I didn't buy her as this sort of person who would take all these risks and jump off of buildings to get away from the place. It was, it was just all, like everything this week, really, it was too fast-paced and didn't really have a lot of a lot of weight to it. It was all very bouncy and you could just, I suppose, get lost in the plot and switch your brain off. But as I get older and as I get a bit grumpier, those sort of shows, I want to be able to analyse these things and I don't think this is worthy you of You were a grumpy old man in your 20s Luke, don't blame this now, don't yeah, say now, now I'm getting older you've, <laughs> no. aged, you've aged into yourself is Yes, I'm just done. basically turning into the man I should have always been, I realise that, but mm-hmm. it needed to be a bit more outlandish for, for me to really buy into the world and it just felt all very middle class and all very inconsequential what I wrote down was that it was dumb TV dressed up as smart TV thanks to a central murder mystery plot. Um, Feel free and I to don't... send those notes over to me before we record <laughs> in future. <laughs> no problem. Katie, some kind of manic pixie dream girl mm. heading on the mania. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. Exactly. Yeah. Is she here to provide Stefan, the protagonist, with some sort of life lessons or here to fix him? She seems to be just kooky with like no depth. And I'm, I'm, that was I'm my real... problem with the whole first episode. There was no depth to it at all, really. The friend group make no sense. Like, they wouldn't be friends. They're very mm. two-dimensional characters. Why did you watch your second episode, then? Not to sound like Luke, but what what was your impetus for it, Sarah? Did you just want a bit more context? Were you yeah, your parents? I, I was not. No, this was entirely a choice that I made myself. And, and I have made bad choices in my life before, and I will do again. I imagine that from rushing off from the police station, there's no way that Stefan would have done that. In what we knew about his flimsy character at that point, there's no way he would have made that literal and metaphorical jump into the car park and run away with this well, crazy what, girl. What was he gaining from it is what I couldn't... Exactly. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I wonder what's going to happen next. I suppose they're going to go on the run together. I'm still not quite sure where I should be rooting for either of them. Is it going to be like a frenetic, crazy kind of jape where they're going to like try and clear their names? The answer was yes. <laughs> That's why I, I was interested enough just to figure out exactly what the plot was trying to be that I, I put episode two on. Does it feel yeah. like even more? Or not? Yeah, because yeah, it, it's wedding season, mm. so they, they, oh, they show you more of they... what happens between Katie and Stefan before Katie gets married in that really small three month time frame or something. I'm assuming the friendship group are attending different. Maybe not in every episode, but in the second episode as well, Luke, they attend another wedding. And I, th- I felt at least it was a bit more of a, a British wedding, wasn't it, with the, the yeah. playlist they had? And the... It was the whole setup for that wedding was funnier. 
Mm. I will give it that. The the I, wedding I of the driving instructor is pretty funny. Yeah, and I preferred the second episode. You know, it was a bit calmer. It was them driving to Scotland trying to find this eccentric uncle played by Jeff McGiven. I like the whole stuff with the police officer in that as well, with the cream yes. egg. I thought that was quite intriguing. Yeah. But... And I, I quite liked the male police officer in the first episode as well. Mm. He seems to be just silly enough to have a bit of depth as well. We've had quite a few of these where it's sort of normal people being thrust into action type situations, you know, utopia had those sort of elements to it and um, the wrong mans did it in a more sort of comedic way. But yeah, I, I think it's the characters in this. They're all very, as I said, millennial, hipsters, people I really wouldn't want to spend that much time with, I think. And they are quite poorly drawn. I know there's the, the two friends who are getting married and presumably will be one of the weddings in wedding season because they keep talking about, you know, what they're going to do when they get married. I mean, I enjoyed it. It passed the time. The plot was enjoyable enough, inventive enough. Interestingly, uh, Sarah, this is created by Oliver Littleton, who uh, also did Cheetahs, which I knew you were a fan of. That was brilliant. Yeah, so it's the what same, it's the same creator. <laughs> the one thing that I did like and that did actually make me laugh in episode one was when Stefan's dealer friend is getting, you know, like, all of the drugs out to sort of try and cheer him up when, when he's been jilted. The one that he decides that he should take that night has got the street name Dave Benson Phillips. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, a quite... lot that will go over American critics' heads, isn't there? Yes, that, you... that is definitely a joke for us and for no one else. <laughs> OK, so that is the podcast this week. We're going to finish, though, with the Emmy nominations. We didn't do the plugs at the beginning, so if you don't want to listen to us get the Emmys all wrong, thecustatv.com is the website where all that Matt and I are from. Sarah Moonlights at other places she can tell you about in a minute. There's n- not a ton on the website at the moment as we're in a time of mourning. And that we haven't really talked lazy. about it yet. Yeah, is that a, is that as a show of respect? Yeah, and it just means I haven't got a rush to <laughs> to get anything up. But we do have things in the pipeline, including a profile of uh, Sally Wainwright and a discussion of getting you up to date with Happy Valley, as that is supposed to return this autumn. So there will be plenty to look for over the next couple of days as things get back to normal for me. Matt's on Twitter just talking about bits of EastEnders he likes and doesn't like. He's at Matt's TV Bites. If you want to... University Challenge is back now, so, you know, there might be a few University Challenge tweets. The odd Celebrity Masterchef tweet. There you go. One thing we haven't (laughs) said... Content! Woo! One thing we haven't said on the podcast for a while is if you would like to join the team, be a guest on the podcast, if you listen to this and think... I could summarise uh, wedding season far better than Luke could and you want to join us, get in touch with us via uh, our email, custardtreviews at gmail.com or if you want to join the team, if you want to get involved and write big long think pieces about your favourite shows, you can use that email as well or you can check me out on Twitter at LukeCustardTV. And now over to Saria. Saria? Saria. Saria. <laughs> Whom gets paid to write about TV? Is that her Game of Thrones character? Yes, That's she was right. on House of the Dragon. 
Princess Seria, Rider of Dragons. I am at whynow.co.uk with a roundup of all the stuff that you should have watched last month, House of the Dragon being one of them. But other things as well that aren't like multi-million pound episodes as well, I do try and focus on. Yeah, not been doing very much over the summer because A, busy, but also B, I didn't find a great deal of new stuff to watch. But yeah, we can call it a mark of respect instead. The Met Office weren't even updating their web- their website hourly as a mark Absolute. of respect. Weather stopped on Friday. Weather is That's nice. And if you want to see my witterings on general stuff, I'm at Sarah Hamsterer on Twitter. Monday night in LA, they will be doling out the Emmy Awards to some deserving and probably not some deserving um, winners. A lot of our favourite shows over the past 12 months have been nominated. Uh, we're going to say, I think, who we'd like to win, but who is more likely to win in some key categories. Did you have any idea what you'd like to start with, Matt? Do you want me just to go through what's listed here and we'll start with the series, shall we? We'll just we'll do it as it's laid out and I'll run through them very quickly. Should we do who we want to win, who we think will win? Is that? Yes. Yes. So comedy is Abbott Elementary, Barry, Kirby Enthusiasm, Hacks, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso and What We Do in the Shadows. Sarah? (sighs) I think Only Murders will win... I think I would like Ted Lasso to win. Hacks won last year, so this will be for Series 2, which I think in a way was stronger. This is only... Is this only Murder Series 1 or 2? This yeah, is where one. I get confused. 1. Oh, then if it's I 1, think, then yeah, it should yeah, win. Uh, only Murder should win. I would like Barry to win because Series 3, I thought, was a bit of a masterstroke, but I think Only Murders will win. Firstly, Luke, I think you're wrong. I think Ted Lasso won last year. Well, Gene Smart won then in the individual. Yeah, yeah. So Hacks didn't win. I was thinking maybe Ted Lasso will win again, perhaps. I think it's between Hacks, Only Murders and Ted Lasso are the three that it would be between. I didn't know we could have three. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just, I'm narrowing it down. I'm with you, Luke. I think Only Murders will win. Of those listed i think hacks was probably my favorite i liked elements of barry and i know we've talked about that before as a series that second season of hacks is probably the one that is going to stay with me i mean i love what we do in the shadows but i didn't think season three was as strong go with you i think only murders is sort of the big show of the moment so that will probably win but hacks for me and drama, we've got Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, Yellow Jackets, Luke. I think Succession will win. I would love Better Call Saul to win, but I think it will win next year because of the way they, they've set up the episodes. They did it deliberately to have a gap in the middle. So I think Succession will win, but I'd be so chuffed if Better Call Saul won. And I'd also be chuffed if Severance won as well. It's an odd one, really. I think probably Succession, because that is just the juggernaut, isn't it? You know, because I haven't watched all of Severance and Yellow Jackets. I know those are the two. Yes, thank you, Luke. And yet, second episode of Wooden Season, right in there. I forgot I'm on with the blooming TV Gestapo again this week. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm changing my Twitter handle. Not you, Sarah, just Luke. (laughs) I think Succession will win and I will put it as my should win as well. Again, I think Succession will win. I would be delighted if Severance or Yellow Jackets won and I cannot choose between them. I love them equally. The limited or anthology series, we've got Dope Sick, The Dropout, 
inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy and the White Lotus. I didn't really get on with any of these, but I think the White Lotus will win it. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I haven't really got a strong opinion or feeling. I'm sort of not really bothered who wins any of those. The dropout was the only one here that I actually watched all of. Um, but like you say, the White Lotus reviewed really, really well, like critically acclaimed. I don't know quite how audience felt about it. That would probably be the one that I would go and watch. Did you see the dropout all the way through? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes. So, so yeah. good. Steve, Stephen Fry's best performance, I think. Yeah, really that did. was incredible. Yeah. The White Lotus will win this. I'd like the dropout to uh, win it, if not. Lead actor in a comedy. We've got Donald Glover in Atlanta, Bill Hader in Barry, Nick Holt in The Great, Steve Martin in Martin Short and Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis in Ted Lasso. How do you Luke? choose between the two Only Murders people? Really? How do you choose? They should be like Ant and Deck and be in there together, to be fair to them. Nice Bill to Hader. see a nomination for Nicholas Holt, though. Mm. I love that. His performance is so clever. He's my I'd like to win, is Nicholas Holt. I think that's I... such a brilliant performance and so layered and this is for the second season he'd be my want to win but i don't think he's got a shout at all unfortunately are you are you far into season two of the great map you don't i'm episode four okay i'm seeing i'm starting to warm to you again it's weird I go oh thank you cold. um <laughs> i go hot and cold um yeah I, i'm i'm gonna stick with you steve martin will probably win it um, but i'd love to see nicholas holt get it as well because that is such a tricky role to play and he plays it brilliantly yeah i think i'm gonna agree with you both on on both of those my i i haven't said who i think will win i don't know if they'll cancel each other out the only murders guys and sudeikis wins it again for ted lasso i'm not sure the scenes where he talks about his dad's death actually are quite powerful stuff the way they take those characters in season two i know some people weren't fans of it went more dramatic but actually i think because as you say look how are you going to choose between steve martin and martin short maybe people won't and they'll pick someone else instead and i think maybe jason sudeikis will win it and it seems even odder that uh selena gomez isn't in this uh actress in a comedy category that um features rachel brosnahan in the marvelous mrs Maisel. Quinta Brunson in Abbott Elementary, Kaylee Cuoco in The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning in Great, Issa, right. Issa Rae in Insecure, well, Elle Fanning. No, you always struggle with Elle Fanning. Gene Smart in Hacks. Okay. This will go, without a question in my mind, to Quinta Brunson with Abbott Elementary, who's 
single-handedly and without realising it, sort of re-jigged re American broadcast TV and made it part of the conversation again solely off the back of the success of that show. If it doesn't go to her, it should go to Gene Smart in house. As you say, Gene Smart won it last year. I would like either her or Al Fanning to win. But yeah, I think from what you're saying, Quinta Brunson seems like the the more logical pick. They've also won a lot of creative Emmys recently for the show as well. In lead actor in drama, Jason Bateman in Ozark, Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong both nominated for Succession, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Adam Scott for Severance, and I'm going to try this name, Lee Jung Jae for Squid Game. I've just realised there are a lot of Squid Game names that I'm going to have to pronounce in a minute. No, you don't, we don't have to do every category. Please don't. It's sounds confident. Have... Well done. Okay, um, Sarah, what do you think in this one? Obviously, Adam Scott, please. I just can't believe that he is the same guy from Parks and Rec in that performance in Severance. It's just amazing. But all people can talk about is succession, so I should imagine it would be Jeremy Strong. You know, there was that article, wasn't there? There was that backlash against it. That's That would be yeah. the only thing that maybe... And he... Has he won it? They've both won it, haven't they, once? Am I right in that, Luke? I'm fairly confident they have. This is a tough one for me. I would love it to be Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul. I would love it to be Adam Scott in Severance. And I wouldn't be disappointed if it was Jeremy Strong for Succession because he went to such interesting places in that third season. Just down, round and round, just doing everything. But you're right, he has got a bit of a stigma attached to him now. And if they want to go with it, I mean, Bob Odenkirk deserves it. Adam Scott deserves it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Bob Odenkirk will win and that Adam Scott should win. Yeah, and it, again, it is a, a tough one. I liked Jeremy Strong's performance in that last series of Succession. Kendall's arc was very strong. Even though I haven't watched it, I think Adam Scott will be an interesting winner because it is a very unique drama. I wouldn't count out the guy from Squid Game either because I think they I won. Was say, do you do we think that the actors as individuals have got a chance given the sort of competition that they're up against and just the lack of name recognition in the West? They won. Was it this? The two of them won. I think it must. I think it was the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Luke, was it? Or I know. The the, awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm going to say that. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. Adam Scott's going to win it, just just to be I controversial. Be chuffed. Be chuffed. Mm. Oh, there's always one surprise, isn't there, I think? I think there's always one. I think the one. surprise is that it's been hosted by Keenan, by Ke- from Keenan and Kettle this year. He's one the of the... He's the longest-lasting Saturday Night Live cast member in some time, isn't he? He's like, know, been there for years. It's just weird. What's up with Kel? Kel's all Where right. are you, Kel? He was on Dancing with the Stars a few years ago, if I remember oh, correctly. Fine, uh, lead actress in a drama. Luke is very happy that both the actresses from Killing Eve have been nominated. I remember we talked about that when we uh, did our preview. Jodie Comer and Sandro. Also, Melanie Alinsky for Yellow Jackets. Laura Linney for Ozark. Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. And Zendaya for Euphoria. I think this is going to come down because I, I don't think it's going to be either of the Killing Eve actresses, even though it is the final season and they do sometimes like to do here's this for this. I know Jodie Comer's won it in the past. I don't think it's going to be Reese Witherspoon and I don't think it's going to be Melanie Linsky. That's a really like surprising nomination. 
I think even though I wasn't a massive fan of it, I think Zendaya might win it again. Oh, she was remarkable, though, what mm. she did. Yeah, it was, uh, I know we talked about it, Luke, and it is sort of a weak category. Probably Zendaya for me to win, although I did, from what I watched of Yellow Jackets, I thought Melanie Linsky was tremendous and is an actress I've loved for some time. So maybe she's I, she's my want to win, but I think Zendaya's going to win it. Yeah, same. Same, yeah, same. same. How much of Euphoria have you seen, Sarah? Have you seen any of it? Absolutely nothing. I am a 40-year-old woman. It doesn't look like it's the show for me. Sometimes, instead of just arguing about the merits of something on Twitter, perhaps you should just be able to go, that's not for me, and just don't bother with it. Have you met Luke? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not just trying to give the world a little bit of advice, you know, and they can take take from it as they please. Did you describe it as wanky teen shite or something like that? <laughs> It does sound like a catchphrase, but it is a remarkable show. It does sound No, I know. I understand that there's there's a lot to it. That well, I the first season was. I think we can argue about the second season. I think it went off the rails a little bit. The wheels came off a little bit in that second season. But isn't season. it all about kids taking drugs and therefore it was always off the rails to begin with? <laughs> It's about one kid taking drugs. I don't know whether it's about all kids taking drugs. Anyway, we'll do that on, on another show. We'll just make Sarah watch all of you for where, where Luke does a clockwork orange with Sarah and and, <laughs> make, and forces her to watch the entire seasons of Euphoria. Lead actor in a limited series, Colin Firth in The Staircase, Andrew Garfield under the banner of heaven, Oscar Isaac scenes from a marriage, Michael Keaton, Dope Sick, Himish Patel, Station Eleven, Sebastian Sam, Pam and Tommy. Sarah, have you got any horses in this race at all? I saw a bit of Dope Sick, but it was really, 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 really sad and obviously only going to get sadder, so I did not stick with it. Um, I avoided The Staircase because I didn't really see the point of a remake of, of something that I knew very well anyway. So the quick no. answer is no. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you, you, the quick answer is no. Think we'll win? Any any prediction who you might think will win this? Or... Um, probably... Michael Keaton, um, possibly Colin Firth. I don't know. Was under the banner of heaven good? Andrew Garfield's yes. got a lot of name recognition. Yes. It will be between Michael Keaton and Andrew Garfield for this, I think, because they were both powerhouse performances. Sebastian Stan does a lot, but it was a very Marmite series in general. Pointing, and the penis has not been nominated <laughs> in supporting. <laughs> oh, I was just going to make that joke, damn you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I do raise a smile that old Tamar from EastEnders is part of the conversation. Yeah. I do. Himish Patel first ex-EastEnders to be nominated for an Emmy. I don't know. That might just be a... It does sound like the most... Did Martin McCutcheon ever go? Martin McCutcheon, as far as I'm aware, or Ross Kemp or Michelle Collins have never had an Emmy nomination. I think it, it will go to Michael Keaton, but I'd be chuffed if it went to Andrew Garfield. I, I think Andrew Garfield will win. Of what I saw, two performances I liked the most were Andrew Garfield and actually Himish Patel. I, I would say I'd like Himish Patel to win, but I think, yeah, Andrew Garfield. The Actress Limited, we've got Tony Collette, The Staircase, Julia Garner, Inventing Anna, Lily James, Pam and Tommy, Sarah Paulson, Impeachment, American Crime Story, Margaret Qualley Made, and Amanda Seyfried, The Dropout. I'm not sure who it's going to go to, but I would like Margaret Qualley to win. I know I didn't finish Made. But I, I really like her as an actress. And I think actually the speech will be quite impactful given the the nature of the show. 
I liked Sarah Paulson in Impeachment, but I I do not know why Beanie Feldstein isn't here. That was the best one of the best performances I saw last year. I know I mentioned that before. I, I don't know who is going to win. Maybe maybe Amanda Seyfried, maybe Julia Garner. I don't know. This is the one where I've got a big question mark over it. Luke? I'd love Margaret Qualley to win. I think it'll go to Amanda Seyfried. Sarah will attest that she does some remarkable things throughout that series, from changing the voice to the way she holds it. There's just a lot of nuance within her portrayal of that character. And if it doesn't go to her... It needs to go to Margaret Qualley because, as you say, that felt like that felt like the least Netflix show that Netflix has ever done. It was down to earth. It was personal. It was about struggles in life, but it was done with a with a smile and a wink. Almost, it was just beautiful. Really show. good sort of portrayal of like domestic violence, domestic abuse as well. Mm, you know, right. I think that very authentic authentic and delicate and those are not two words you necessarily associate with netflix nowadays so if it doesn't go to uh, amanda seyfried for the dropout i would be very pleased if it went to um to margaret Qualley. what did you think did... of amanda seyfried's performance in the drop because it was a tricky one wasn't it a no you're right character. there were so many sort of like strange things about it and obviously she'd done her homework so well because it was about a chameleon character and she managed to nail all of that. But there was a lot of subtlety and nuance there in that performance. And you can but see also, like, the panic in her eyes when things started it was, to unravel. It was big and comic as well in, in yeah. places and laugh out loud. Yeah, no, you're right. She did an awful lot with a character who people really don't know very much about. So in the supporting, we've got Anthony Carrigan and Henry Winkler from Barry. We've got Brett Goldstein Toheeb Jumo and Nick Mohammed from Ted Lasso, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James William for Abbott Elementary, Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. Obviously, you know, we don't watch that. Sarah, go to you first. Brett Goldstein, please. Yeah, I, I, I concur. Do we think he's going to win or do we... Is there just too many to pick from? I think he's in with a chance. If not yeah. him, then possibly Henry Winkler. I mean, yeah. it's Roy F. in Kent at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm. It's uh, Henry F. in Winkler as well. I mean, you can't... <laughs> he's not going to be around for so long. So, yeah, he's brilliant as he, well. He's won it before, hasn't he? And he's... Because he, I remember that was his first Emmy when he won for season one of Barry. But his, okay. perfor- his performance in the actually in this season is one of the strongest it's things about it. different places. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actress, we've got... Alex Borstein for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We've got Hannah Einbinder for Hacks. Janelle James and Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary. We've got Sarah Niles, Juno Temple and Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. And we have got Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. I would love this to go to Hannah Einbinder. And I Snap. think she is she is in with a shout. Otherwise, it might go to Juno Temple. I know Hannah Waddingham won it last year for... Ted Lasso, you're the same, are you, Luke Hannah Einbinder? Yes. yes. Think she's going to win, will win. I would say Cheryl Lee Ralph I really liked in Abbott Elementary, and she is actually a veteran actress who they might honour. That might be the, mm. the dark horse pick there, because she is like the scene stealer in Abbott Elementary, isn't she, Luke? Yeah, I love that. It's such a lovely little show, and I'm glad it's getting the recognition it deserves. I really enjoyed it. And those, those three central female performances are really brilliant. 
There's four, isn't there? There's four central female performances. There's the yes, the, other, the one who's connected to the mafia. The mob, the mob. Yeah, great. Yeah. Supporting actor in a drama, we have got Nicholas Br- Nicholas Brown or Braun, is it? I'm never sure Braun. how you pronounce that. Braun. Braun. Kieran Culkin and Matthew McFadden, all for Succession. Billy Crudup for this The Morning Show. Oh Young Soo <laughs> and Park Hey Soo for Squid Game. And John Turturro and Christopher Walken for Severance, Luke. John Turturro or Christopher Walken for Severance, I think. Although I think it's more likely to get a Kieran Culkin for Succession. Okay. Just because of that meme that went around for ages afterwards. I'm trying quickly to remember who the guys from Squid Game are. <laughs> <laughs> Pac- it'll, it'll be that the older guy from Squid Game. Uh, his performance was incredible. That would be where my heart says it will go. I but think it's. Go there. I think it's Oh Yu Oh Young Su is the. Yeah. Is. That is a good shout. I think of the Succession boys. I think Matthew McFadden because his performance. Certainly in that final episode, I think people will remember. Again, from what I've seen of Severance so far, I think John Turturro does an excellent job. We're getting to the point now where I sort of need to know how much of Severance have you seen? No, you don't. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. Talking of Severance, in supporting actress Patricia Arquette, Julia Garner for Ozark, Ho Young Jung for Squid Game, Christina Rishi for Yellow Jackets, Ray Ray Seahorn. Ray Seahorn. Apple Saul. Jay Smith, Cameron, Sarah Snook for the Succession, and Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. I mean, I know Judy Garner's one in the past. I think it's going to go to Patricia Roquette. I would like it to go to Jay Smith, Cameron. I think she's excellent as Jerry on Succession. Sarah? Patricia Roquette all the way for me, please. And Ray Seahorn Luke. all the way. No win should. It's just her. Sporting actor in the limited series, it's basically everyone who's in the White Lotus in the, in the acting, actor category. Maury Bartlett, Jake Lacey and Steve Zahn, along with Seth Rogen for Pam and Tommy. And from Dope Sick, Will Poulter, Peter Sarsgaard and Michael Stuhlbarg. I would say Maury Bartlett will win and probably should win because his character in, in the White Lotus is probably the most sympathetic. Mm. It's the one that goes through the biggest journey and the one that ends up in the worst spot by the end. So, yeah, Murray yeah. Bartlett. I think Murray Bartlett's going to win. And then in supporting actress, we've got from the White Lotus, Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, Alexander Daddario, Natasha Rothwell and Sydney Sweeney, and from Dope Sick, Caitlin Deaver and Mayor Winningham. Luke, what do you think? Jennifer Coolidge? Nope. I think this will go to Caitlin Deaver from Dope okay. Sick. And it, and it deserves yeah. to. She goes on. Love her. Love her. She's brilliant in everything. And she has, again, not to keep using the same terminology, but she has the most sympathetic and warmest character within Dope Sick. It's her journey that hits you the hardest. And it's a very powerful performance. Whereas the ones from the White Lotus, the women at least, were quite kooky and comedic. And and I don't think that you could put Caitlin Deaver behind them. So Caitlin Deaver for me. I like actually liked Natasha Rothwell's performance in The White Lotus, actually. It was probably the most measured of all of them as true, Belinda. Who, true, true. Who was, so possibly that's my will win, want to win. I think Jennifer Coolidge will win because it's such a big performance. Yeah, it is. Um, and Sarah, anything to add there? Jennifer Coolidge. That's the well, name I shall pick out of the hat. Good picking, good hat. <laughs> There we go. Well done, Luke. I just want to do direct writing, but I think you want no. to go because you're. Cause, um. 
Um, thank you very much to Sarah for carving out two hours of her otherwise busy life to to do, join us. <laughs> always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Feels like a long time when you're doing it, but when you finish, you go, yeah, I, I enjoyed bits of that. Oh, I enjoy yeah. all of it, especially <laughs> if you do it twice like we did last week. Yeah. Well, tell me all about that because I've yeah. I've been suffering from you not pressing record before. Not yeah. for a whole episode though. But I, yeah. I panic. I still panic that he hasn't seen all the segments. I mean, I'm, I've got a lot of problems at the moment, but that keeps me away. You have got. I don't know why you you care about this so much. I don't know it, why it's a problem. I, I need the right It's a problem. It is a problem. Other people have watched Severance. Luke, talk to them. Okay. You don't need to but talk. I don't to know people many of them that I can talk to. Not in the way. Sarah, I can talk to Sarah's you. seen it. Yeah, but Sarah hasn't I've seen, seen anything else. It. Okay, good. Yeah. Anyway, the Emmys are on Monday. They're shown on Sky Max uh, on Tuesday. Uh, the results of which should be up on the website as they go live as well. And all of this is probably wrong, but we enjoyed putting our thoughts out there and our names in the ring. Speak to you soon. This has been the Custard TV Podcast. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.